Hey and welcome to You in the Spotlight show. My name is Mihaela Vlad. I am your host. I am an advertising strategist for women who are building their personal brand. And um, in this show, I aim to bring you inspiration and uh, strategies on how to get more reach and how to convert your followers. So stay tuned. We are going to have fun. We are going to have amazing guests. And uh, guess what? You are going to learn a lot of things from here. Let me present you to our audience. Yes. Okay? So I have with me Tracy Cornelius. She's a speaker, podcaster, business coach, mindset coach, financial educator to families and moms. Uh, she, uh, to families. And uh, she's a mom of five girls. And um, Tracy has a story to tell us. And I'm going to let her to tell us more. Yeah, so thank you very much. You and your business and your life, tell me your story and um, how did you end up doing this, what you're doing now? Because yes. I you have a, a great story because I know <laughs> you speak in the past and I'm so excited to share your story with, with uh, the people that we are, will see this. Thank you. Well, thank you for that great introduction as well. And it is really, really good to be here and it's great to be with you. So thank you. And yes, my, my story isn't really a very succinct one, but then I kind of liken that to life and business in itself. There are so many different twists and turns and you never know where that's going to end up. But if I take you right the way back to the beginning, um, I was kind of brought up in a very challenging, confusing and often volatile environment. And one of the challenges with that is that we often hear about physical abuse and sexual abuse. And whilst I experienced both of those, one thing that's not spoken about very much is psychological abuse. And psychological abuse is relentless. And I went through that for years and years and years and years. <clears throat> and the hard part is <coughs> when I was younger, my opinion of myself was actually very different than the opinion that everybody else was trying to put on me. But you can only go through so much before you start believing what other people say about you. And so one of the reasons why I um, do mindset coaching is because I wholeheartedly believe that you are not the conditioning that somebody else put on you, that you're not the limitations that somebody else put on you, that you're not the perception that their insecurities are putting on you. And actually that you can get through, overcome and be in control of your own life, no matter what the circumstances that you've been through. Now, that realization didn't come straight away. <laughs> um, that would have been great, wouldn't it? That would have been great. Just go from childhood into adulthood and go, yeah, I realize what's going on. <laughs> um, there were so many different twists and turns. And actually... One of the biggest areas that I learned about myself and mindset was actually through business. So when I first got into business, my, um, my partner was a pilot. He would work away a lot. And I had Kaisha, who was extremely young at the time. So your normal nine to five didn't really fit our circumstances. So I was like, I was stuck because I was thinking, well, what is it that I do? And that's when I really first came across being self-employed. And I was so incredibly naive like really naive at that point in time. And I got involved in a network marketing company. It wasn't the network marketing company where my naivety shone through. It was what it was attached to it. 
there were these people that said, you know what, we do all the marketing for you and all you do is pay this money. And so I spent out a lot of money. And if I'd have known then what I know now, I would have known that that wasn't marketing. Um, so I ended up... You never know until you leave. Exactly. And you don't know what you don't know. So you, you tend to try, if you're as naive as I was, I mean, I was what? Um, 23, 24, I think when I very first started. So yeah, there was a real naivety that, oh, well, these people must know what they're doing. So I just trust them. Mm -hmm. um, and after that, I swore I'd never run another business because it really left my family in such a precarious situation. We weren't struggling financially before, but by gosh, we were now struggling. And I'd done that. And I felt such a sense of guilt, shame. I really felt as if I'd been completely stupid. And you know, when you start a business, you've probably experienced this yourself, and so will your listeners, that everyone is like, well, you're crazy. You just need to go and get a job. You know, what are you kind of playing at? All of these insecurities that they have themselves that they put onto you. And now I'm in this situation where I'm like, oh my gosh, they're all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to have to face them with their kind of smugness of being told you so. Yeah. Um, and I found that, yeah, I found that really hard. Um, and so I thought, right, well, I'm just going to do whatever I can do to bring in some money. And I worked for a cleaning company. I could do that in between um, my children uh, or Kaisha at the time. And the person running the company very early on saw that I was much more than your normal cleaner. And she wanted me to go into business with her. And I kept saying, no, <laughs> I've been put off so much. that I just kept going, no, 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 no. Anyway, about, mm -hmm, about six or seven months in, and I'm thinking, hang on a second. Actually, if I was running the company, I'd be earning this amount of money as opposed to cleaning, which is earning this amount of money. So I swallowed my pride of messing up before and became a business partner. That was a huge learning curve, really good learning curve. It was a really good learning curve in knowing how to work with another person, working with their strengths and understanding where your weaknesses are and communicating that openly enough to run an effective company. The other aspect that I really learned from that was hiring staff. So here my naivety shone through again because I would have people that would come to me saying that, you know, they're just about to lose their house and they're in a desperate situation. And um, the one thing that I was very adamant that I would always do was the training. I would always train and I'll, I'll explain a little bit more about why that um, in, in a moment. So I would do the training and I would do the interviewing and what I would do with these people is I'd say, right, okay, well, no problem at all. Let's fit you in for a trial of training. I'd move everything in my schedule and then they wouldn't, turn up and I had such a hard work ethic that in my mind I thought oh my gosh something's gone wrong like something's happened to them and so I'd be calling and then there'd be no answer and I was that naive that I'd actually call hospitals because the road or the dual carriageway where in that area was notorious for serious road accidents uh, I quickly discovered that actually some people just wouldn't turn up and it was so very, the very... Same, the same ethic like you used to have, like you've had. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, when you've gone through hardship, you work hard because you know that nothing is going to be gifted to you. So you have it ingrained in you that if you want something, you have to go out there and get it. And I quickly realized that not everybody had the same work ethic. Hmm. So that was another big learning curve for me. Another learning curve was helping people to feel worthy 
you know in the cleaning industry a lot of people don't treat you with respect and actually that's quite hard so it would be i would feel like it was part of my job to one educate our clients <laughs> on how their trainers their cleaners should be treated but also to help empower our cleaners to know that they're worth anything and if this is a stopgap for them then so be it let, let us help you to get to wherever you need to be and actually i've got some firm friends that i still have today because of that ethic which is fantastic so running the cleaning company my business partner had um, some personal issues that she had to deal with so she removed herself from the company i said take as long as you like and i built the company up from going from domestic to domestic and commercial i got all of the council contracts and then she came back and said um i'm moving to spain <laughs> Which I was like, woohoo, that's fantastic. Um, and I decided that I wasn't going to continue on with the company. And the reason for that was because the amount of times I would be let down, that I'd have people call and say the cleaners haven't turned up. And on commercial contracts, that's even worse. So um, on one particular occasion, I'd had this call. I literally just picked Kaiser up from school. Nick is away. I don't have any friends or family that I can just go, could you just look after her for a, for a few hours? So I remember taking her in and literally hiding her under a desk until I could finish. And halfway through cleaning this building, I was just like, this is not what I got into business for. I got into business because I really wanted to support my family. I wanted to spend more time with it. I wanted a better quality of life. And here I am hiding my five-year-old underneath a desk. And I was just like, there's something so wrong on this. So I sold the company. But the amount that I learned from it was really good. But at that point, because I was still probably, what, mid-20s? I don't know if, if you were similar in your mid-20s. Everything was either this or that. It was so black and white. There wasn't a lot of gray areas. Maturity and experience has led me to know that there's more gray areas and you can make small shifts. But in my mid-20s, it was like all or nothing. So I was like, right, now I'm not going to do a business where I've got to hold staff. <laughs> Um, so I started another business um, this one was my pride and joy it was literally built from nothing this was in the crafting industry I was very good in the crafting industry I could design a lot of products I made a lot of embellishments I did all those types of things I was very good at teaching and training so I would teach other people how to do it I quickly got noticed by some of the top crafting uh, companies in the industry designed products for them i would then demonstrate around the uk and sometimes abroad to audiences in excess of three thousand people it was awesome i loved it this is where video started for me <clears throat> i um would send out my video newsletters and this is before youtube existed so i had like one of those kind of logitech cameras they were like a little round thing on this pole it would get streamed to America, then it would get streamed to everybody else's inbox. Um, and that was quite innovative at the time. And I think I shook up the industry somewhat because I did things differently to how everybody else had been doing it. Um, I knew that if you wanted to sell a crafting product, for example, you needed to package it and you needed to make a project. You needed to get people excited about it. You needed to get them to feel like they could do it and more. Um, and actually at, at the time that was quite an innovative approach, but it served me well. I loved doing my roles in that. I wasn't so good in front of the camera. I was happy with being my hands and I was happy demonstrating because to me, I was like, well, it's all about the product. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with me. 
<clears throat> I convinced myself of that for a very long time. <laughs> it's all about the product. Mm. Yeah, I thought anybody could do this. Um, and to a certain extent, people can. But I've since learned that actually it's a lot more to do with you as a person. Um, so the hardship for that one came in 2009 when the recession hit. And when the recession hit, literally everybody stopped doing their hobbies because naturally you, you know, pull your resources to put what's important as opposed to what you would like. And I remember the first day that I didn't get any orders. And I was like, that's never happened before, not even from the time that I launched. So, and then I was just convincing myself. I thought, well, that's fine. You know, I've got enough money in the company to keep going for a little while. That's not a problem. Then the next day, there were no orders. Then the next, then the next. And then came the calls from those big companies going, we're really sorry, but we've now gone into administration. There's no more demonstration work. And that design project, you're not going to get paid for. And because everything that I had was in one industry, it felt like overnight I was suddenly top of my game, considered like a leading expert in the industry to like nothing. And I remember being in such a desperate situation. I called my accountant. I was in tears. I was like, I don't want to be going bankrupt. And um, after about an hour, he said, I know that you don't want to go bankrupt, but that's what you need to do. Hmm. And the time that I did Northampton uh, County Court, they'd opened up the whole of the bottom of the county court for bankruptcies. I was queued outside. I was, I mean, it was insane. You like, it's really hard to describe to people how bad that situation was, but I was the only person in that entire queue that was crying <clears throat> because I hadn't gone or I wasn't going bankrupt because I'd gone on holiday or I bought flashy cars or I had like the up-to-date wardrobe. I put so much blood, sweat and tears into my company. I'd often worked many times till two, three in the morning, designing products, getting um, courses and programs together. So it was heartbreaking. Um, and again, but I think, I think a very big lesson that you have learned from there. Oh, massively. I mean, there's a couple of different lessons. First of all, I think um, never take one person's decision. Always go and get more advice. Because again, if I'd have known now what um known then what i know now i never would have gone bankrupt i could have quite easily have sorted the situation and actually that's had ramifications for years since so if anyone is in a precarious situation like that i would always recommend trying to find another solution um so always get other people's advice the the very important other lesson that i learned is to make sure that you diversify your income Make sure that you have multiple streams of income. And people often get confused with this and they think, oh my gosh, well, how am I going to have time to run multiple companies? And I think I can understand where the fear of that comes in if you think you're the person that needs to be doing everything, because that's very, very hard. But actually, you can have a team of people and you can outsource and you can easily run multiple companies. If you look at the most successful people in the world today, they don't have one company. They have multiple, and they also have multiple, yeah, multiple investments. Because <clears throat> if you put all your eggs in the same basket, if something happened with that particular industry, you will lose everything. But if yeah. something happened with an industry, another one can flourish. Exactly. You know, we, 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 we live in a world where it can be ups and downs in the economy. Mm -hmm. We, and we can't influence that. It's something that we have to be able to manage. We can't actually change it. 
No, exactly. And a great lesson. Yeah, and you'll often find that in recessions, people go bust and people boom. And likewise, when we're in when we're in affluencies, some people massively survive and some people go under. So, you know, it's it's much more about resourcefulness. But here's the key part to this, and this is where you come into this as well. If you want to run multiple companies, and one of the biggest lessons I think I've learned is that the company isn't about your product or your service. Your company is actually about you. And we often hear that people buy people. But if you're going to do a large scale and you're going to get investments from other people, yeah, your business model is important, but they're, they're reliant on you. Are you going to be the person that can take the company from point A to point B? If you're going to run multiple companies and you need your products or services to sell, it's on social media and on your videos and you getting out there, it's you that people buy into. And I I very quickly learned that it was much more about me as a person. And that was hard for me because I've been brought up in a environment where I was nothing. I was like lower than low. I couldn't have an opinion. You wouldn't speak up. You wouldn't complain. Um, All of these different things that were very much about keeping me small. And here I am as an adult and in business where I'm like, hey, social media, yeah, come on in. Let's do like three, four videos a day. And like it, it took a lot of mindset shifting for me to get to a place. And one of the biggest lessons that I now teach my entrepreneurs is that no matter what you're doing, it's just a conversation. So you and I here, it's just a conversation. You can go out to thousands of people, but it's just a conversation. If I'm doing a Facebook Live. It's just a conversation. Yeah, but that conversation opened a path. Exactly. But if you... Conversations and conversions yeah. at one point. But yeah. It's a conversation. And if you're standing on stage in front of 3,000 plus people, it's still just a conversation. Yeah. The thought process that we have that makes us really nervous is thinking that other people want somebody other than ourselves. And you're going to appeal to some and you're not going to appeal to others. And that's fine. Yeah. Because you were never put on the planet to please everybody. There's going to be some people, yeah, there's going to be some people that will listen to this and they'll be like, oh my gosh, yes, making so much sense. And there's going to be other people like, oh gosh, she's so annoying. Just let me turn it off. That's fine. And that's fine. Because your job, or how I see it, is no matter what product or service you sell, your whole job is to make sure that your message reaches the right people so that they can make a change in their life. That's it. It's not to reach everybody. Because yeah. even if you it's change... An advice. It's an amazing advice for, for the woman who will, who will listen to our, our show. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because you, you, if you change one person, that's huge. The ripple effects. The reason, why I, the reason I love doing what I do is because not only do I help people to be the best version of themselves internally, to be the best version of themselves externally, and that's working on the mindset but also working with female entrepreneurs in particular and helping them to be successful in business has a mass ripple effect. You have a successful female entrepreneur and then that family is then successful. She can be the better mum because she can be the mum that she wants to be because you've got the money and the time freedom to be able to do that. So therefore- You're impacting one life. You're impacting more than one exactly and that goes their children their children future and you know a lot of other things that going around 
everybody that connects with you on social media, you're inspiring and empowering them and showing them that there is a different way than the original way that society keeps teaching them. Yeah. Um, which, and, and I mean, I could massively get onto that and I won't be too political, but society really teaches people to be robots. It teaches people to stay in debt because then the banks make so much more money. It's it not, teaches people to be, yeah. And, 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 and they don't teach you in school how to become successful as an entrepreneur or how to usually take your life, actually take your life in your hands. They teach you how to respect rules and how yes. to be a good employee at one point. Exactly. And the ones that are successful actually are the ones that are educate, them, educate themselves to become what they yeah. want to become. Yes. I totally agree with you in that. And we can go on for hours in this. We could. We could because it's such a deep um, subject. But you also mentioned something really important about self-education. And with self-education, you need to be open. And here's the wonderful thing. You will learn so much about yourself. Because there'll be so much resistance that you'll come up against. You know that you want changes. And you know that you want a better life or you want to be more successful. But you'll still come up with so much resistance at different points in time. And it really takes a very open mindset to, if you want to do this yourself, to recognize when you're standing in your own way. And that is why I am so incredibly passionate about sharing the messages and helping people to see the behavior patterns and the thought processes and the self-sabotage that we have, because that is what then makes the change. You know, it's not all business strategy, but it's also not all mindset. I, I see all of these quotes where it say, you know, it's 19% mindset. Well, yes and no, because you can have the best mindset in the world, but if you haven't got the right business strategies, you still won't be successful. And the other way around, I totally agree. If you have the best business strategy, but you are still sabotating yourself and you don't have the right mindset to go forward, you just leave that strategy on the table. You won't use it. Exactly. And you also end up being really unhappy. You know, the people that you see, and you'll see this all the time because you're in the social media space. You see the people and you're like, oh my gosh, you've come so far. Absolutely amazing that you've got all of these achievements and yet they're still unhappy. That's not success. No, success, success isn't like... Sure, you have to yeah. be happy with what you do and you have to be happy with what you have in your bank. Yes, yes. If you are not waking up excited every day you're not successful yet no exactly and if you're also not impacting enough other people's lives because i think you get to a point where you realize that money is not the thing money helps because money gives you freedom in choices and experiences and that's great but you also realize that the impact that you want to make actually that's where the gold kind of happens yeah. and one of the other areas that i'm also extremely passionate on is that because I tend to work with more female entrepreneurs, because I've got five children. So, you know, <laughs> I think most people go, oh my gosh, if you've got lots of children, there's no way you can run a successful business. Why well, run multiple successful businesses and have five children? So I love the fact that I'm in that position because it means that I can empower and inspire other women um, that have children and men, because, you know, there are some men that also do the bulk of the childcare and everything else, um, to know that it is possible yeah. but it's but it's still a challenge you know you there's still a lot of compromises that you have to make that people that don't have children don't have to make so i i, I don't ever think that we can just go yeah it's really easy and all you got to do is x y z because you need to be very fluid my day can change literally by the morning like if 
if I, if I've woken up and I've got all of my meetings planned and I've got all of my interviews planned and I've got all of my day planned out and the, all the outsourcers know what they're doing, my team know what they're doing. And then suddenly one of my children is ill. The first conversation is always between Mark and I, right? Which one of us is going to be the person that, that can take care of the child? And inevitably it's always me because he's employed and one, he, he can't just call up and go, I can't come in today. Yes. And I know that because I used to work in the same company. I, I worked as a trainer. And one of the um, periods of time that I got to was when I needed to change my working hours to help Kaisha. Um, and I originally worked 10 until 6 and I wanted to change it from to 8 until 4. And they let me do it for two weeks and then they went, actually, you know what? We're not going to allow that anymore. Kaisha was 12, I think. No, maybe a little bit younger. She might have even been 11. She's having to reheat her meals and eat by herself. That's heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. <clears throat> so I also understand when people feel like they're stuck in this situation. So you might be also attracting an audience where they are already employed and they want more flexibility. And that's why you've said 70% of new businesses in the UK at the moment are being opened by women. Sorry? That's huge. I didn't yeah. 70% of new businesses being opened in the UK at the moment are by women. Oh yes. Now I get you. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 70%. And I think that comes from the desire of having, you know, their own schedule and be able to take care of their children. Exactly. And this game, you're right, because, you know, when, like you said, when you are employed, you just have to play on their rules. Mm -hmm. so if you have your own business, you are looking for that freedom to be able to go around your family and in the same time provide for your family, but have time to spend with the children. Exactly. Because only raising a child, one, it's a full-time job. Mm -hmm. It is. And there's so much compromise that needs to happen. Three or five. It's <laughs> a full-time job, yes. And I really, I always watch your videos and I really appreciate every time how much you can, consistent you can be to show up every day uh, despite the fact that you have five children and I know it's a lot going on in the background. Mm -hmm. We don't yeah. see, but yes. there's a lot of things going on because we have a life and we have a full-time job as mothers. Yeah. I still have, even if my son is 16, I can say I have a bit of, I could say more freedom because he's able to do a lot of things by himself. But in yeah. the time, I'm his mother. I want to be part of his life. Yeah. There is still a full-time job. And I'm so happy and fortunate to be in this situation when I can do my own schedule. And this is what I, I create for, for my life. So, yeah. So 70% from women. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge statistic. And, and I know that when I originally first uh, came across that, first of all, I was like, wow. And then I was like, actually, that tells you a lot. Yes. It tells you a lot about still how inflexible employment is. Here's the other thing that it also tells you. If you really go deep into it, it's actually that also a lot of women find that they keep getting passed over for promotion time and time and time again now i've been in the business industry literally since i left school and i remember that even as a very young female i actually had a very good business acumen but i was often either not spoken to 
or completely overlooked because I was young and I was female. Yes, you're right. And recently. And because female entrepreneurs, not female entrepreneurs, females, women in, in employment, they are overlooked, they are not uh, promoted in time yeah. when they need to, they feel stuck in that job and they don't yes. ask it. Because as a woman, you want to be appreciated and you want to go forward in your career. If you don't, you have to find other solutions. And what are other solutions? Starting your own business, which exactly. actually is good for business at one point. I am glad this thing happened because it pushed them, you know, to stretch more and find this solution yeah. and open a business. Exactly. You know, I coached a lady for uh, 10, 11 months. And actually, she wasn't an entrepreneur, had no desire to start up her own business. But the reason that I was coaching her was much more to do with mindset. She'd been in a company for a long time. She'd been overlooked for directorship three years in a row, even though her results way surpassed anybody else's, mm-hmm. way surpassed. And in the end, she'd got to the point, she was like, I've given my heart and soul to this company, but I keep getting overlooked because I'm a woman. Because all of the directors were male and they all did the golf club. All right. You know, it's you like someone to be there that is mm-hmm. in the same. Yeah. I mean, we've come a long way. Don't, I don't want everyone to think that I am like completely bashing that we haven't like um, moved on at all because we have, we've made like great strides, but even Aston Martin, um, <laughs> Uh, Aston Martin have this big um, news article out at the moment of saying, you know, that they've got their first um, female managing director. Why is that news? Why do we have to kind of suddenly go, yes, we've got a female and so we're a really good company? Why do we need a pat on the back for that? Like, it should be something should... normal. It shouldn't exactly. even be news. Like it was with the, with the leader of the uh, Democrat, um, liberal Democrats. I don't want to speak politics at all, but I just seen it on, at news that is the first female leader for liberal Democrats. Yeah. Why just say... put this in the spotlight? I mean, mm-hmm. something so normal, we are all persons, and it, doesn't, it shouldn't make a difference if we are women or men. No, it shouldn't make a difference on our sexuality, on the color of our skin. It should all be on merit of what we're able to bring to the table and whether we can do that job effectively. And yet in, in, in society, we're still having these conversations. And I kind of feel like, yes, we've come so far, but there's still such a long way to go. And, and that's reflected in how many women are trying to set up their own business. But here's another part to this. And again, why I really like to share the message. I see so many incredibly talented women running businesses and they have such a genius zone in their area of expertise, but that doesn't make them a businesswoman. Because to be an entrepreneur, to be a business person, you have so many different hats to wear. And especially if you're in the startup phase and maybe that you don't have a lot of capital to invest, you're literally doing everything by yourself. And that's where I see people struggle. It's the fact that they are amazing at what they do, but they may not be amazing at running the actual business because you do need to know a lot of things and you do need different areas of expertise. And I wholeheartedly believe that get the basic understanding, even if it's, um, I have a thing thing called cake and cringe. It actually came from Christian Michelson. Your cake is the things that you love to do and you would do no matter what. But your cringe is the stuff that you really hate to do and you find yourself dragging your feet. You'll never be great at cringe. 
Like whoever said work on your weaknesses was crazy. Don't work on your weaknesses. Why waste the time? Outsource your weaknesses. Exactly. I, I <laughs> like, like we, we're not meant to be yeah, great at everything. I'm very good at that and they will be happy to do it. Exactly. And then they're going to do a much better job. They'll be passionate about it. There, you know, we weren't meant to be good at everything, but you will find somebody else that is brilliant at the thing that you don't like. So, yeah, I don't believe on working on your weaknesses at all. I do believe on having a basic understanding of your business so that you're able to outsource and know what should be done. It's a very dangerous place if you don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but then work on, on your area, but yeah, outsource as much as you possibly can. And also make sure that you are sharing yourself, the, the, the good sides and the downsides. I got trapped into this in Instagram. Um, I call it the Instagram curse. When Instagram very first came out, and especially in the mum space, uh, because I was doing um, a lot of things with mum to five girls at that, at that point in time as well. Because if you're going to have lots of children, then let's make that a business. <laughs> actually it was more it was more the fact that I was stuck at home because I'd had them so early I mean for those of you that aren't aware of me I've got five children my eldest is 21 but my youngest four children are seven six four and three that's a long time of being pregnant and breastfeeding and being in the confines of your home so um, I started another business and it was mum to five girls and in that space what I was seeing especially on Instagram is all of these perfect families you know they looked amazing all in the same outfits their house was pristine it was just like phenomenal and then I was like oh my gosh how do these people keep it together like I've had like I, I recently um saw one of my very old YouTube videos and I'm I'm like yeah it's great I'm on like two hours of sleep night now it's fantastic I look at that now and I go two hours that's insane <laughs> like how do you keep that together but you do because that's the situation that you're in but getting caught in this Instagram trap was just thinking that everybody else had it together and actually that took its toll so I went through doing a series where I would take the pristine picture because I had all the girls and they looked really cute. And then I would take a picture of the other side of the room because I'd literally just like sideswiped my desk and moved all the rubbish to the other side because I wanted people to see the reality. Yeah, because this is the reality. Exactly. And I'm very much like that in business now. Like I share the struggles as well as the accomplishments and the, the time to celebrate. And I also share the strategies and I also share the ones that, that work and I also share you know a bit like you about social media that it's not about being in every single place you know be in a couple of places and do it well exactly because if you haven't done that then none of it's going to work really well so I think that those things are important it's easy for big gurus to say that you have to be everywhere because um, when I shared about um, this um, this thing that you just mentioned before about being on one platform and uh, make it work and then move to the other one. I had yeah. people coming back to me and say, oh, have you, have you heard of Gary V? Because actually yeah. he is promoting another, another advice that you have to be present on all the social media. Well, yes, I know. I, 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 I absolutely heard about him. <laughs> I know who he is and I know what he promotes. But that doesn't mean we all have to be like that. No. So he has an, an army of uh, people behind that can uh, transform his content from one to another. 
And this is where your outsourcing becomes so incredibly important, but that's not where you start. But when you start, you, you take one platform, the one that is yeah. more appropriate for the type of business that you do, make that mm-hmm. work, and from there you can go to the next one. This is what I believe, and this is how yeah. I and how I, yeah. But and I think it's, it's also important to know that every platform is different. So you can't just go and spray everything. No, it's different. The content, the format is different. Exactly. The type of content that you need to, to share is different from LinkedIn to Facebook. You can't go in LinkedIn with the same type of content like you go on Facebook. No. So that's why it's so time consuming. Mm-hmm. You can convert, but it's time consuming. And like you said, if you wear too many hats, it's not going to... No, because here's, here's the most important thing to, to know. And that's that no matter what you do, it's about providing a message, not your message per se it's about the message that the other person needs to hear Mm. you don't have the same people on every platform so first of all yes you can share and you can and i'm a very big advocate for repurposing but over time as in don't just do one post and think that that's it you never do you never touch that subject again because people don't always see it so you don't have to put pressure on yourself to always come up with something new so that's the first thing But the second thing is you've always got to think about the person that you want to speak to. See, you'll have, we can use the example of, right, you, let's say that you've got five friends and you've had a really hard day. So you want to talk about it. So you call each of the five friends. I can guarantee that the way that you present what's happened in your day be different each time because your friend is different. You know that one of them is probably going to react better to this part of the story that you're going to relay and the other person will be this bit and you'll probably even change your tone. Yes, you're right. Social media is no different. You just, you do generalize. Of course you do because you pick a group of people um, that have similarities, but that group of people is not going to be the same on one platform to another because we naturally gravitate to to different things. I mean, Instagram is extremely visual. Um, it does have a younger audience, although the biggest area that's growing in Instagram at the moment is actually the over 55s. But I think that's because it's caught on and you've now got grandparents, like because they want to see the pictures of the kids and, and that type of thing. And it has very much moved on from just taking a picture of your dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which is which is really really good to see um but the way that you present the information that you want to share the message so that the 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 person that you're um trying to get to understands is going to be very different than how you put it on facebook and that's the part to remember it's not about what you're sharing it's about what the other person is receiving that i believe is the the way they see it through their glasses yes absolutely and if you can't relay a message so that it really inspires, empowers, helps that other person, you need to work on your messaging because it's not doing the, the right thing. Mm-hmm. I understand. Um, what can I say? Everything was so inspiring today and we can go for hours. <laughs> <laughs> I do have that effect, yeah. so yes. <laughs> I would like to, to conclude with one advice that you can uh, give to our audience to other women who are doing their business around their personal brand one thing that can help them move moving forward yeah so i i'm i'm going to be a little bit sneaky and say that there's actually two but they're very very related <laughs> the first is to genuinely and you'll have heard it before it's a bit of a cliche but genuinely be yourself but by being yourself i really mean share the good the bad and the ugly not just who your personality is, but 
almost document the journey because people are interested in you. And within that, to always remember that everything is just a conversation. So if it's just a conversation, there doesn't need to be any anxiety. There doesn't need to be any pressure behind it. It's just a conversation. Conversation, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So one, be yourself and show yes. all the, the aspects and all the areas and be genuine because people are yeah. in you if you are the face of your business and everything is a conversation, so no pressure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's amazing. And I'm sure even if, it, like you said, there are things that we probably hear before, uh, but I think if we hear it again and again and again, we will start taking seriously. So. Yeah, I think um, if, you, if you look at the most successful people um, at the moment, you'll notice that one, well, there are different trends, but one is that authenticity shines through, through and through, the way throughout. And two, they're no different. If you meet them on stage, if you meet them uh, or hear them on social media, if you meet them face to face, they're the same person. Yes. You know, if you ever come across somebody who is different on stage or on social media and they're different in person, then their message is not genuine. And they and will not be successful, actually. No. Because it's come when you are genuine and people will see you the, as a, the same person when you are on social media, when you are, when they meet you on the street. That's, that's exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. Absolutely. And I think, I think that that's a big key factor for you recognizing because there is a lot of noise in our space, you know? But I think that that's a key factor in recognizing who genuinely is successful and who to listen to versus who not to. Exactly. And, and, and the other part to always remember is also that don't take advice from somebody who hasn't got to where you want to be. You don't go to your, you don't go to your overweight friend for weight loss advice. Yeah. You don't go to your broke friend <laughs> um, for financial advice. So make sure that people have, yeah, have really have genuinely walked the walk. Exactly. Yes. Genuinely have the experience and they can share from their experience, their client's experience. So they, they really went through that journey. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, that's the thing. So Tracy, tell us where people can find you. Yeah, so you can find me under Tracy Cornelius. Tracy is T-R-A-C-I. And Cornelius is C-O-R-N-E-L-I-U-S. If you search me anywhere, <laughs> I kind of come up um, on Facebook. I'm going to put a link in the comments once I'm posting this. Brilliant. So yeah, I've got tracycornelius.com. You'll see me all over social media. And you can also um, tune into Women Rockin' Business podcast as well, um, which is dedicated to, obviously, female entrepreneurs. So yeah, search me and you will find me. But if you do, please make sure that you mention Michaela um, because it would be really nice to know that, that we've connected in this way. Yes, that would be nice to know. Thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you so much. It's been very, very helpful. And I think your story is so inspiring. And um, I can't wait to share it. <laughs> Thank you very much. I really appreciate you being here. And um, it's been great to talk to everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tracy. Thank you for watching and listening. I invite you now to join the You in the Spotlight community, the free Facebook group, where you will be able to meet with the other guests. You will be able to meet other women who are doing the same thing, who are building their business around their personal brand. And you will find there a lot, a lot of strategies on how to get more reach and how to convert your followers. Go and join and see you there. <music>